This is Inside Out with James Catledge. Tonight's episode, I'm going to take you inside my garage back in 2010 when the world felt like it was coming apart at the seams. I remember feeling the struggle to breathe. And it was in that garage that I had to come to grips with how to get back control over my life. My family was counting on me. My friends, the people who cared about me were counting on me. The dormant power that is within all of us sometimes needs this type of pressure in order to be discovered. Welcome to the darkness of my garage. It was early on in my legal battle, 2010, my lawsuit against the developer had been dismissed by the judge. The judge felt that an investigation probably needed to take place, that not enough facts were available for him to make any type of judgment. All my company's clients are now at risk of losing their condominiums they purchased, they purchased through my company. New lawyers are now swirling. Each of these clients has needed to seek their own lawyer. At least 10 new lawsuits had been filed, naming me as one of the defendants. The government was now finally interested in investigating the case. I had reported this case four years ago. I was concerned that I had found my way into a criminal enterprise unknowingly. I had reported the Elliots four years previous, and now the government's interested. Of course they are. A federal judge says they should be, so here they come. DOJ, SEC, and of course, the FBI. I was going to get calls from friends now, letting me know that the FBI had just been to their home, had interviewed them. I also learned I needed to hire a new kind of lawyer. I was not sophisticated enough to realize that criminal defense lawyers are breeding to themselves, almost a classification of lawyer that I didn't even know existed. I thought a lawyer was a lawyer, and I had plenty of them. Why would I need a new kind of lawyer that needed new money? Just in case I was the target of the FBI investigation, it would be important for me to hire this new kind of lawyer, a criminal defense attorney. I'm not a fearful person. I don't live in fear. Nor do I spend any energy whatsoever playing the what-if game. I don't go there. I try to deal with what's in the windshield in front of me. I try to make decisions based on the data that I can see with my headlights out the windshield. But the heaviness was palpable. All of these circumstances, all of this litigation, all of these people seem to be eroding my power to cope. I'd begun playing racquetball to blow off some steam at night with a dear friend, Leon. Leon and I would stay up from 8 p.m. till 11 p.m. when the gym closed and they threw us out. We would play racquetball four or five nights a week. We talked and beat each other's brains out several times a week. And on this particular night, around 11.20 p.m., I arrived at my driveway. And as I made the 100-yard push up the hill, beyond the gates, at the bottom of the driveway, I took note. All the lights in the home were off. All six babies and mama were sound asleep. I pulled into my stall 
nearest the outer edge of the house. And I didn't want to get out of the car. I thought about each of my children one at a time. I went room by room in my head thinking about their lives, their total lack of awareness that dad was under siege. They didn't know anything was wrong. At least that's what I had hoped. I clicked the overhead garage door button and I just sat there as the door came down. Eventually, the overhead light in the garage went off. A few minutes passed, and I thought to myself, one day, one day, I'll pull into this garage, and all of this will be over. What will that feel like? My mind went further down this thought pattern. No more news articles. We've been featured in all the local media. My case was now getting publicity. Each journalist, of course, tried to do their job, of course, misrepresenting the truth because my new lawyer won't let me meet with any of them, so they never get my side. No more parents approaching me or my wife with that suspicious look in their eye. They don't say it, but I can see it. No more rumors at church that weaken the strongest of us. One day, one day this will all be over. So I decided to stay in this exploratory thought stream, in total darkness, in my car, in my garage. I said to myself, what will be different if it all ended tomorrow? If the cloud was lifted, the cases were settled, the government rendered their judgment. If it was all over tomorrow, what would be different? I began answering my own questions. Friends will say, I'm glad it's over for your sake. Strangers will say nothing because they don't know what's happening. Bad friends will already have faded because they faded early. It was so clear as though heaven was literally directing my thoughts. The only thing that matters in this moment in the darkness of my garage is my mindset, my internal confident spirit. I decided in that garage on this night in 2010 that I would face this cascading legal tidal wave as an event in my calendar only, and I would face life with my head high, my shoulders back, and I would talk with anyone and everyone who needed questions answered, and boy, there are so many questions to answer. I would face this dragon head on and not be twisted or eroded by the nastiness of litigation. I exited my car. It was dark. I stumbled toward the door of my home. I then went room to room looking in on each child as they slept. And I assured them in my mind, almost resolving myself on their behalf, that they were going to be okay. Because Dad decided tonight that it is over. I sat with the older kids the next day with Tiffany in tears as I explained at a high level that Dad had been accused of something he did not do and that it was probably going to be in the newspaper and we would be fighting these false allegations. Later that week, we met with the kids' elementary school principal in our home. She was graceful enough to want to come into our home and have this discussion. This gave her clarity about what the accusations were and what the other teachers had been spreading. She can now handle it, she said. 
I can honestly say, since that day, in 2010, in the darkness of my garage, I actually won the battle. It was over for me that day, not over in reality, but over spiritually and mentally. The weight was lifted. The energy had returned to my body. My optimism has never left since that moment. There was obviously a foggy, long, winding road still ahead, but my mind would be my asset through each and every twist and turn. The lesson for me, friends are friends forever, and great friends pull in closer during tough times. Great friends are nurturers. They just want to be there and let you know they are there. The waiting for the drama to end in order to feel good again was a myth created in my mind. That myth was busted. If I created the myth, I can destroy it. That night, I learned a life lesson about me and about tragedy, trauma, drama. Deal with every challenge head on, but don't imagine challenges that are not in existence yet. When they are not real, they're fantasy. Don't add to the drama. Life is tough enough. Why allow my attitude, my strength, my imagination, my creativity to work against me? It must be used as a weapon to fight the battle. I decide to handle every situation, every lawyer call, every court appearance, every lawyer meeting. That's another item in my calendar. They will be written down. I would make my appearance and I would prepare before them, but I would not fear them. I would not dread them. I would live my life and enjoy every moment in between. No more fretting. No more fear. Imagining the worst. Boy, the brain can be so dangerous when you're not in control of it. I now only deal with real issues that life presents in real time. You can learn a lot in the darkness of your garage. That was intense. It's actually intense to hear it again. Remember, this is back 2010. It's now 2023. And this is episode one of Inside Out. Let it, let it suffice to say without me ruining the journey for you because you're going to hear it all. I'm going to make sure I share it with you because I think there's some constructive elements to it that should help you along your journey, which I hope to God on high does not entail some of the... Uh, gates that that my family and I had to pass through to get here. But let me say this. The mind is the asset. I think I was convincing myself of that in that garage, that something I knew in my spirit, that the strength of the mind is is what will allow you and I to endure anything that comes our way. We're designed literally by a heavenly creator who designed us with DNA that's, you know, it's, it's divine in nature. It's got heavenly power to it. I don't want to sound too religious here because I'm not religious, but I'm, I'm very in tune to the power of my spirit. And I just believe the human spirit has capacity to endure Everything, anything that comes your way, your spirit is 
enabled, and, and you may have those switches turned off. You may have a lot of that light, dark, or even the dimmer switch on. I assure you, if you're presented with the hellscape that is the dark storm of your life, I promise you, just think to yourself, you were designed to handle this, and you can get through this. <laughs>